Good morning. May the peace of Christ be with you all. Over this summer at Bering and during my time at Lifeline, I've made some wonderful memories with all of you. And I know many of you have been a part of Lifeline and that Paul had members of this church praying for me long before I ever stepped foot in Houston. So I do want to thank you all. You've been very kind to me. I received a very warm welcome. And I know I will treasure these memories and the lessons I've learned here for a lifetime. It's been a true blessing. Before we begin with our text this morning, I'd like to take you back in time. About 10 or 12 years was one of my favorite Sundays. Like most Sundays, my family got up in the morning and went to another family-sized church, not so different from this one, about 800 miles from here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. As we entered the sanctuary, the Sunday was a little different from usual. I knew the room well. The long blue carpet was the same. The tall stained glass windows with panes all the colors of the rainbow were the same. But usually, on most Sundays, we would have one service in English and another in Spanish, because about half of our members came from Guatemala and neighboring countries and spoke Spanish as their first language. On this Sunday, we all met together. And so as you entered the sanctuary, you heard greetings in two different languages. Anyone who knows both is doing a whole lot of translating for their neighbors. If you listen to the voices around you, in every direction, you can hear many brave attempts at Spanish greetings. They were delivered in a heavy southern accent. And sometimes they fail. But when those heavily accented attempts fail, a smile, a handshake, or a hug communicates what words cannot. And so we begin our service. The song leader tries to get us to switch every verse in English and Spanish, but most of us are not bilingual. So it ends up being this semi-chaotic mix of English and Spanish at the same time. It's a little confusing especially for anyone who's not used to hearing multiple languages. But even in these confusing, chaotic moments, it's beautiful. And I do believe that God understood all of us. The sermon is translated, so it takes a little longer than usual. And whenever the translation falters, they make jokes. At the end of the sermon, an invitation is given. A young family comes forward holding a brand new baby girl. They communicate that on this Sunday in particular, they wanted to dedicate their daughter so that the entire church family could know and celebrate with them and know of their dedication to raise their daughter to follow Jesus. The dedication is given entirely in Spanish. And yet somehow, for this one moment, we all understand seems that smiles and the pride of new parents are universal. Joy in a new life standing before us all transcends any language barrier. And so for an hour or two, despite our many differences, we understand each other. Our divisions seem to disappear and our differences become much less important in light of everything that we share in common. 
As I've been here at Bering, we've been studying the writings of John. And there's been a lot of talk about new creation. This idea that God has been and is continuing to work to recreate the world. In the book of Revelation, we come to the end of the story that the Bible tells. That began, in the beginning, God created. Many of you know the stories that come in between. That God made the world, and it was good. Corruption entered the world, and with that corruption, the relationship between humans and God was damaged. Other relationships are damaged as well. Humans begin to fight with and even kill each other. And so God works to repair those relationships, to once again connect the human with the divine and people with each other. In Revelation, we meet the climax of those efforts. Jeff spoke about the beginning of the book with the letters of the church last week. He told us about the call to patient endurance. And now, beginning in chapter 4, we get to see what we patiently endure for. We get to see what comes after we hold fast. If you'd like to follow in your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Revelation chapter 5. We're going to get there in a moment. But to set the scene, John paints a beautiful picture of a throne room with a being like jasper and ruby sitting in the middle of a rainbow of light with no darkness anywhere near. Lightning is coming from the throne and 24 elders and four fantastic beasts stand around the throne and worship in a song that's not so different from the one we just sung. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Chapter 5 picks up in the middle of this scene. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll. But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one who was found who could open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has come and triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. 
Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said amen and the elders fell down and worshiped. It's a beautiful scene of renewal. A lamb that is called the Lion of Judah can open the scroll that no one else can. And in so doing, is able to bring together people from all sorts of places who you would never expect to see together, who the world would tell you should be divided. But here, they worship one God with one voice. The scene captivates me because it reminds me of some of my most treasured memories, like the bilingual worship service we had at Brainerd, where people, despite coming from different nations, having different colors of skin, and not even speaking the same language, we're able to come together as one to praise one God and rejoice in a new life. It reminds me of a more recent memory of praying with a friend as we called on God, asking for peace in our world in our two different languages. We often didn't understand each other's words, but God did, and it was good. I see echoes of this service and what we do here at Bering. About 10 minutes after we sang the doxology, another church in Abilene, Texas, was singing that same song to close their service. Another church in Knoxville, Tennessee, will be singing it this morning as they open theirs. And there are more all over the world singing the same songs to praise the same God. When we participated in communion, we took part in a holy moment that has been shared with Christians across time for nearly 2,000 years. People all over the world, in Zimbabwe, in China, in Mexico, in Australia, in Norway, and Russia, are praising God and telling the same stories of Jesus in their own languages. It's exciting and beautiful but it also breaks my heart because even though there are so many things that we share in common, the same holy book, the same God, we still find ways to divide among ourselves. I feel like I see a new disheartening headline every single morning, and I'm sure many of you could name the ones that you've seen. We find ways to argue about everything. It may be whether the color of the sign in someone's yard is red or blue. It might be about the color of their skin or the language that they speak. At this very moment, there are Christian people who follow Jesus just as we do, who are being detained at our border. And I'm sure that some of the people who have been tasked with keeping them there are reading the same Bible in a different language. A week ago yesterday, I'm sure many of you will know, 22 people went shopping in El Paso, and they didn't make it home. It would seem that the person who killed them was acting out of a fear of people who are different from himself. Fear of the others living among us across history has led to many terrible things. And in this case, it led to violence, and even death. 
Christian people are living in fear all over the world. And how often are the ones they fear claiming to serve the same God? We are made in the image of the same God. We are loved by the same God. We follow the commands of the same God, and yet we terrorize and sometimes even kill each other. It's not supposed to be that way. We just read Jesus' prayer that his followers would unite as one, and yet we still find ways to live at war amongst ourselves. It truly is heart-wrenching. But in the midst of all this pain, I find hope in this passage. Because the Lion of Judah, the being that you would expect to come prepared for an epic battle, comes as a lamb. And the lamb is worthy. And so the lamb is able to bring people from everywhere, all across the world, to praise God as one. It reminds of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 when the gospel of Jesus Christ was preached to everyone present, regardless of the language they spoke, because no cultural division, no language barrier can stand in the way of the Spirit of God. And through the working of God's Spirit, these different people and the different languages they speak is not a liability, but a beautiful testimony to the greatness and the goodness of a God who is preached and praised in every language, all across the world. The lamb is worthy, and his blood makes a way for everyone, regardless of the color of their skin, or where they come from, what has been done to them, or what language they speak, to join in the kingdom of God. Jesus taught us to pray for the coming of God's kingdom, and we are here. We are a part of that kingdom. And as we pray for the doing of God's will, we have an opportunity to join in that. To join in the church as it stands across time and space with people from all over, across all differences, uniting as one, as a testimony to the world of the power of the blood of Jesus. Revelation chapter five tells of a song that is sung saying that people will come from all across the world and all different backgrounds to praise God. And in chapter 7 of the same book, this group enters the scene and speaks for themselves. Beginning in verse 9. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne, and in front of the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God, forever and ever. Amen. In this holy scene, the people's differences are not erased. They still come from different places. 
But for this moment, as they praise God, their differences become much less important in light of what they share in common. Jesus. May it be so in our own lives, that as we pray for the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven, we may join in the doing of God's will. Thank you.